When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate, as this is going to be a wild one, folks. Uh, I mean, forgive me. It's a discussion just to set the record straight. Shannon Q has let me know that. She doesn't do debates, she does discussions, and it's going to be a terrific discussion. It's going to literally knock your socks off, folks. So we're excited for this one. It's going to be terrific, and... Want to let you know both of the speakers have their links in the description. So if you're like, hmm, I like what I'm hearing, you can hear more. And we'll also let you know if it's your first time here, consider hitting that subscribe button as we've got a lot more debates coming up. And we are very excited. We have our tour that's going to be in Texas. So this is going to be a wild one, folks. Want to let you know about this. If you haven't heard about it, I mean, I've been going crazy with trying to like tell people about this because I'm so pumped. Michael Jones and Matt Dillahunty will be debating whether or not there are good reasons to believe in God's existence. That's coming up live and in person in Texas. And then also, we just actually confirmed this yesterday. We are pumped, amped, stoked. Sargon and our dear friend Vosh, they will be crossing swords here at Modern Day Debate in just a couple weeks on issues ranging from immigration, capitalism and socialism and transgenderism so that's going to be a wild one folks hope you can make that it's going to be a lot of fun and with that for tonight's discussion it's going to be a very easygoing kind of style it's like hey darth is going to open with a flexible opening statement for you know however long he needs to make his case and then shannon after that I, we're basically just going to go into open discussion in which shannon will be asking kind of questions to be sure she's like understood it right as well as kind of saying like oh well what about this perspective so very if anybody i, I gotta tell you that folks shannon is if anybody's diplomatic it's shannon she's nobody's better than shannon i can tell you that so God. it's going awesome. to be <laughs> it's going i'm so to, tired she's I, by the way you guys are so thankful because I have to say thanks to Shannon. She honestly helped us out. I don't deserve it. I, we, so thank you. I screwed up. I told Red Venture it would be tomorrow. I told Darth it would be tonight. And then it was like, oh, wait, no, I've screwed this up. And Red's like, I can't do it tonight. And so I was like, Shannon, can you bail us out? We're in trouble. And she said, fine, I'll help you. So I am so... That tone of voice. <laughs> no. See, that was the yeah, exact tone okay. of voice. I was typing just like that. I made, made that part up. But uh, <laughs> we're so thankful. So um, with that, I want to say thanks again to our speakers for being here. Thank you guys both for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks. Oh, thank you. You betcha. So Darth, with that, we will uh, set the clock for a, a 10 minutes, uh, roughly 10 minutes, uh, but... As you said, uh, you don't have to use all 10 minutes, and the floor is all yours. No, just I'll need 60 seconds. Uh, the triune God of the Christian scriptures who exists, who created this world, has revealed himself through natural revelation, all of creation. The heavens declare the glory of God, Psalm 14, Romans 1. Um, and he is the necessary preconditions for all 
viability of facts and intelligibility of facts, and the denial of which leads to complete metaphysical collapse and unintelligibility, absurdity. Gosh. That's it. You got it. Well, thank you very much. And with that, we will launch right into open discussion. Okay, that's an interesting opening statement. Perhaps I'll start for the sake of promoting discourse with one of the reasons that I myself find it difficult to hold to the perspective of Christianity as I was a Christian or I suppose theism in general, but this, this might pertain more specifically to Christianity, which is more relevant to you. And that's the conceptualization of the soul. I studied a bit of cognition and I have a very difficult time um, reconciling the Christian conceptualization of what constitutes a soul with the actuality of the constitution of the material brain and the effects that that can have, as well as um, trying to discern at what point in time during evolutionary progression we became, you know, in his image and were donned with a soul. Um, so taking into account what you said as your own individual perspective that, you know, God revealed himself to you in a way that you personally feel as though cannot be false. How would you uh, address something like that? Or would you be interested in discussing something like that? Because that's something that's of massive interest to me. Well, I, I didn't say that I personally received a revelation. I'm referring to God's natural revelation in all of creation. God has constructed this world in such a way that all facts give clear testimony to that there's an ultimate creator. Um, and then I mentioned special revelation is by which God communicated with various individuals throughout biblical history. And he caused the biblical writers to write down objectively and accurately the exact message that he intended to convey about who he is and what his plan is. Um, in regards to the soul, the soul right. from a biblical perspective, the soul is an, the immaterial aspect of man. Man is dualistic. And upon death, man continues in um, immaterial conscious existence until the general re resurrection. So that's interesting to me. I, I can give you some of the reasons that I find it difficult to reconcile that because this, like I said, this is something that's incredibly fascinating to me. Um, since you can make material changes like physiological, physical changes to the brain that demonstrably change the constitution of somebody's personality how do you have a dualistic standard like a, a, like let's say for example i have somebody give me a frontal lobotomy if somebody gives me a frontal lobotomy that everything that constitutes me changes from my own experience of what is me to everybody else's outward experience of what is me to how I can perceive things. So does that mean that that change also simultaneously happened to a soul or is the soul that is you separated from the body in, in a manner that mandates that the part of you that is you in the, in the soul realm is no longer instantiated in the body and they're separate 
And if that's the case, then why retain the bot? Like, it, see, like there's a lot of questions that follow from that for me. So do you have, do you have a perspective well, on that? Well, my view is that the, the soul interfaces somehow beyond our comprehension with our brain and our phys physicality. The fact that there's an impairment in somewhere in our brain doesn't mean there would be an impairment in our soulless consciousness, but with our, our ability to interface in the physical world. It, it, it has, there's no problem uh, from a biblical perspective on the model of man if somebody has brain damage uh, where they, they can't work their brain. When they so, die, they'll, they'll be in complete conscious existence. When, when their soul is retained with their body, their soul interacts somehow, God's created interfacing. But what I find it curious as an atheist, what basis would you have to believe that the world around you works in any regular way? That's, a, that's an interesting shift. What I from having a discussion regarding the soul to having a discussion regarding perception and the foundations for perception. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very interested in your thoughts on soul well, construction. The, yeah. Well, it's, the brain is only viable either in one worldview or the other, not in both. Well, I'm not certain that I understand what you mean by the brain is viable. So I heard you say, and if I'm understanding correctly, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about interpreting what you just mentioned to me, that if something physiological happens to the brain, that, pre that can prevent the soul from somehow manifesting itself in its full um, embodiment. So well, the in the soul Christian worldview... In the Christian worldview, I can have physical impairment that's either permanent or temporary that does not allow my soulishness, my soulish consciousness to function insofar as I can't do so physically. Like if I had a severe flu or uh, I'm coming back out of anesthesia, whereas okay. a, a frontal lobotomy would be on the extreme end of it. It, it, it. There's no problem for this in the Christian worldview. So... I want to make sure I'm understanding you fully and accurately. So are you saying that you can make physiological changes that affect the soul? So if like, so if I had a full frontal lobotomy, that changes the soul? Or are you saying that if I have a full frontal lobotomy, the soul remains the same, even though the physical instantiation of the soul is different? Oh, I would, I would believe so, because we have indication from scripture that people are fully conscious when they, when they die, when they go on and await judgment day. Do you think that the quality of consciousness matters? Like the, like the, the full amount of what embodies you, is that simply just living or does that constitute uh, a certain set of abilities to perceive and interact and um, abilities to understand and incorporate and like, do those things matter? And does the soul evolve along with the body in that fashion? Or does the soul guide the body towards its ultimate instantiation? Well, only God knows the answer to that question. But we do have it clear from the New Testament that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible makes it very clear that we're going to have full conscious awareness when our body dies okay and uh, for example the rich man and lazarus he went 
to Sheol, where he had full conscious existence, where he actually talked with Abraham. Uh, those, those believers who have died and their souls have gone to be with the Lord, they have full conscious apparatus and in, in, in existence. They're no longer constrained by the limitations or impairments of the body. So those are both instances where the physical body has perished. It, the scenarios that I brought up, in all instances, the physical body continues to exist from your perspective, I'm assuming either alongside the soul. So what what's of interest to me, and perhaps I can articulate this more clearly, is if you have a physical impairment that in some way makes it very difficult for you to function, but you're still physically alive, something like a lobotomy or a coma or, you know, whatever. Lobotomy is probably the better example because it actually has physical impacts on your neurological structures, like your, your cortices or your frontal lobes, not in great shape after a lobotomy. So if, does the soul itself change along with that physical impairment or does the soul at that right. point in time to, remain distinct from you? I have to step away for 60 seconds. I'll be right back. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. Hope everything's okay. And yeah, me too. we are thankful to have these two speakers here tonight. I wasn't sure. I, th I had a feeling maybe you had crossed swords, loosely speaking, in discussion. Never. In the past. Oh. You've never. Okay. Never. First mm -hmm. time. So... This is the yeah. first time that we have had uh, Duncan Atheism with us, formerly known perhaps as Darth, uh, but we are stoked to have both of our speakers here tonight. It's always uh, just a fun time. It always gets me in a great mood. So thanks for your questions. I forgot to mention, if you have a question, feel free to fire it into the live chat. If you tag me with an at Modern Day Debate, that helps me a little bit just so I don't miss it. And then I will compile those questions into... Uh, into a list i just saw it's a funny funny comment from maya she said phoning a friend that's funny um so when duncan gets back we'll continue the discussion and then get to the q a where we'll read your questions as many as we can and so glad to have you okay here. i'm back i apologize Hi. for that <laughs> totally no fine things happen no problem um would you like me to repeat the last question that i asked please Okay, so the last question that I asked was, and, and because I'm legitimately interested in it, because it's something that perplexes me, is when there's a physiological change to the, the cortical structures in the brain that prevents you from being able to be essentially who you were, or who you are, or who you could be, I guess, like causes a dramatic change in, in personality and ability, does the soul exist in a segregated sense outside of you and separate from you in the physiological, physical instantiation? Or does the soul itself become affected by that physiological change? And, and the reason I'm interested in that is because if that's the case, then the physiological can, can affect the soul. And if that isn't the case, then the soul itself isn't an instantiation of us because if we can change the manifestation of us in the physical form then the soul it, it is almost an incoherent concept does that make sense um yeah 
yeah, the when there's damage to the body, whether it's your brain or your foot, uh, it um, limits your ability of your soul to interface with the physical world. I don't think it's that complicated. How the how the soul actually interfaces with the brain, I couldn't tell you. Only God knows. So you see the soul as separate from the physiological form, then? Yeah, it's it it is, but it interfaces with the body, and upon death. The soul will either go awaiting judgment day or to be in heaven with the Lord. So you can either state they're going to be fully conscious. Okay. So you can make physiological changes that affect the body and meet. And that means that the soul can no longer have an effect on the body. And the body is now completely different from the soul. So your body is separate from your soul. Um. What do you mean by that? Well, if, and, and follow my logic here, because it's potentially flawed. I'm not particularly smart or clever. Um, if your soul is you and this physical instantiation is also you and you see it as like a dualistic perspective where your brain is essentially the interface mechanism that allows your soul to instantiate you through your body. And then you can make a physiological change to your body that halts the soul from being able to do that. The physical instantiation of you is no longer you anymore if the soul is segregated, if it's separate. Now, if the soul is separate, then your body doesn't matter anymore once you make a physiological change. And the drastic physiological changes make sense. But then how do you account for the smaller physiological changes? So how do you account for learning something and those physiological changes in your brain changing the constitution of your soul? So either the soul has influence on your brain or the brain influences the soul. And I don't see how it can go both ways until that's, it's not that's convenient. Not something that I'm, that's not something that I'm concerned with. You're not concerned about your soul? No, I'm not concer- concerned about the precise mechanism of how the soul and the brain and physicality interface. Why aren't you I'm concerned not, I'm, with that? I'm, I'm not because I, that's, that's in God's uh, purview of understanding, not mine. But you told me that earlier that you had revelation regarding truth that came directly from God in a way that you could own, that it was absolutely had to be true. So if you have re- revelation regarding truth, like shouldn't this be within the purview of, of what is true, what's important? Like isn't who you are essentially kind of like the most important thing? Like maybe I see it differently. Like who I am is kind of the most important thing to me and how I manifest myself, how I deal with the world, how I interact with reality, how I engage with people, all of those things are probably the most important thing that I can be concerned with, how I affect people. And if my soul is what makes me, and there's a way that I can make physiological changes to myself that divorce me from my soul, that seems an important thing to to ponder upon. If you're concerned with your ultimate salvation and your actions lead to your ultimate salvation, then you being divorced from your soul could lead you to instantiating actions that lead you to no longer being, you know, up for ultimate salvation. Like you could disqualify yourself from salvation, but be divorced from your soul. So how can I be responsible for my actions and my salvation, if potentially I had a physiological change that divorced myself from my soul. God will not hold you accountable for those areas that you're not culpable. 
What he does hold you accountable for is what he, he has made you know. For example, there, there will be people who will not be held accountable on Judgment Day who were born severely brain damaged. Okay. Now, how God deals with them in eternity, it would be within his prerogative or pur purview. Um, the, the point I'm trying to make to you is um, God does not give us all the details of, of the mechanism of what we call man, both uh, body and soul. You want answers that are, that are not explicitly given in scripture. Well, certainly, absolutely. I, I, wa I want answers, just generally speaking, what, irrespective of whether they're explicitly given in scripture, especially if you're concerned with scripture. And one of the things you're concerned with is salvation. And you're admitting to the fact that there can be physiological changes that divorce you from a soul, then you have to recognize that there's a spectrum of physiological changes that takes place. And you have to recognize the line. It would, it would be very, very important to say, you know, is the line a lobotomy? Is the line some sort of head trauma? Is the line, what does, you know, what you does imbibe all of this? What does all of this have to do with worldviews? The topic that um, was going to be on was atheism versus Christianity. Are you taking the opposing point of view or are you just intrigued about um, the nature of man and biblical theology? Well, if Christianity is true, then the soul is real. That's one of the linchpins. And salvation is the most important component of Christianity, I would imagine, or at least one of the most important components of Christianity. And if you Do can't you be culpable of your actions at a certain point, if you can't be culpable of your actions at a certain point, you need to determine what that point is. That should be of paramount, absolute and paramount importance. So that's one of the reasons that I am no longer a Christian is because I couldn't find that point. And as a Christian, I'm assuming that it would be it would behoove you and be important to you to explain to me why I should be a Christian. And if that's the linchpin of my deconversion, it would be absolutely imperative that you be able to articulate this to me if you would like me to be a Christian, which I think is one of the mandates. Well, what I'd like to know from you is, uh, since you are no longer uh, a Christian, then you hold to the falsity of Christianity. Is that correct? Uh, I hold to the fact that it's difficult for me to buy into Christianity. I so can't say with yes. any degree of certainty that it's absolutely false, but I can articulate to you the reasons why I find it difficult to hold to and don't hold to it myself. Okay. And I did, I did, you, I did just do that. Okay. But I feel you, as though we're deflecting you, from that. Is so that, you is don't, I'm not deflecting it. I'm not deflecting at all. This is okay. strictly on topic. Right? Sure. Okay. You want to, you, you want to believe that you're, you're no longer a Christian. Well, if you do not affirm and assert that the Christian God is, and he is the necessary precondition for all facts, then your position entails its denial, whether you realize that or not. You're then operating from a different worldview. So since you're not operating from a Christian worldview for the viability and intelligibility facts, what worldview are you operating from? So I'm assuming that you're not interested in helping me reconcile my objection you're you, you have nothing to object to in your non-christian worldview you have no foundation to stand upon if you do i'd like to hear it now i asked you i answered your question several times about what i believed about the soul and, and the body and i explained to you that there's a lot about where the soul interfaces with the body that is not specified in scripture 
Now you want to go beyond what scripture says. Certainly. Right? Now, my question to you is, since you, you've maintained that you don't hold to the Christian worldview, then you believe that viability and intelligibility for facts and science, things like that, must come from another worldview. Since it's not the Christian worldview, what is your worldview? Well, I'm not ultimately concerned with the foundation for facts. I, th- I think that if you could reconcile that for me, then... You're I, I could even, evade, you know, you know, you said you're going to start off the show, be very polite and cordial. You're being entirely evasive to my question. Now, I you've evaded my question, though, minutes, initially. Actually, but, I have not. I have I have been very polite and cordial in answering your questions about when and how the soul interfaces with the body and the brain and where our limitations where scripture doesn't speak on it. We have to remain silent. I've answered all of those questions. Now, you said that you you stopped believing in Christianity. So I want to know, when you talk about the brain and science and all that, sure. since obviously those concepts that you believe are viable and intelligible, their viability and intelligibility doesn't come from the Christian worldview. So what worldview are they viable in? I think that's a legitimate question. Why is that an important question when it comes to the source of my objections? Another evasive, evasion. I asked you a question. When you talk about science and sciencey things and facts, since they, they are not derived from your point of view from the Christian worldview because you you've rejected it. I want to know when you talk about the brain and cognition, neurology, etc., I want to know what worldview you are speaking from that provides the intelligibility. Can you explain to me what you mean by intelligibility? Yeah, that it means something with respect to the ultimate context that it's in. Ultimate context? When All you right. say ultimate I context. I have to step away again for 60 seconds. I'll be right back. Sure. You bet. And very exciting discussion so far. It's it's uh, We want to say thanks again to the speakers. They are linked in the description. At this point, Duncan does not have a link to put in the description. He said uh, at the moment he doesn't. And so that's why there's not one there in particular for him. But we are, again, thanks, uh, thankful for the, the speakers that we have tonight. This uh, channel, really, the, the speakers are the lifeblood of the channel. And so, yeah, we rarely talk about the philosophy of the channel, but basically we hope to give an equal playing ground for the deep questions, the meaningful questions of life. And whether you be Christian, atheist, Republican, Democrat, gay, straight, you know, no matter where you're from, who you, what you identify as, we're glad you're here. Hope you feel welcome. And we are trying to, you'll notice that the mods are sometimes a little bit more assertive. I'm so, back. Hi, welcome back. I glad apologize. That's something I couldn't avoid. Okay, no so what I'd like to know is, since since you have made it clear that you no longer accept the Christian worldview, how does the concept of brain and neurology and uh, cognition, how is that intelligible in your worldview? What is your worldview and how does it provide for that? Yeah, and I, and I asked you what you meant by intelligible and I can't remember your response. Do you mind repeating it? Yeah, intelligibility for a fact or a proposition is that it means something in its wider and ultimate context. So when you say wider and ultimate context, that that's also confusing to me. What it's, is it the seems nature a of reality? What, oh, well, that's the, the ultimate question. Nobody really knows what the nature of reality is. I mean, several How people assert that? that they do. 
How do you know? I'm that? not sure. I, I, I don't really know. Well, you just asserted. Maybe I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that as well. You just, well, you now you contradicted yourself. That I could be wrong, and then I also no. Could you be wrong. you said nobody knows. Oh, okay. Maybe somebody knows. Okay. Well, which is nobody knows, or maybe somebody knows. I'll I'll go with maybe somebody knows. Maybe somebody knows what the okay. ultimate nature of reality is. Okay. So you have no ultimate frame of reference or model of reality that will provide for the intelligibility of when you talk about facts or science or history? No, I, I don't think so. I think that the only real presupposition I have is that um, I'm having perceptions of something that I constitute as reality and perceive as reality. Um, how would that be meaningful in a world where all events are chance and spontaneous? Oh, I'm not certain it would depend by what you mean by meaningful. If you would, you would have to qualify meaningful for if me. All events, if all events are just simply spontaneous occurrences, mm -hmm. would talking about your sense perception be meaningful and intelligible? Uh, it would be meaningful if you garnered something from it. Yeah, I don't think you understood the question. In a world where all events are simply spontaneous and not the result of causal succession and laws of nature, why would invoking sense perception be meaningful in a chance world? It would be meaningful if you were able to garner something from it that allowed you to make sense of what you were perceiving, I suppose. I don't, I don't think you're understanding the question. Sense perception, is that, is that a result of causality? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by a result of causality. This is, is fascinating. Is sense perception a uh, causal succession? Can you explain what you mean by causal succession? I'm not philosophical yeah, one, one, at all in nature, so you're going to have thing, to walk thing, me through it like a, like a small child. One, one thing causes another. Okay? When you talk about sense experience, are you just talking about thoughts that you have in your head? Are you talking about touch, taste, smelling, and hearing? Well, touch, taste, smelling, and hearing are thoughts that you have in your head. If they weren't thoughts that you had in your head, then you wouldn't perceive uh, them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, are you, are you referring to causal sequencing, such as touch, taste, and smell, when you talk about perception? Or is perception simply limited to the chronology of thoughts in your head? The chronology of thoughts in your head doesn't, is, isn't necessarily something that I understand as being... Tell me what you mean by perception. Oh, okay. So when you, when you have a perception, like wh which perceptual system would you like to discuss? Because uh, they're all, they're, they're all mean, specified. Tell me what you hold. What is perception? It would de it would depend on the perceptual system that you're referring to. So it, you, if you'd you like to, they're all they're incredibly things? complex. So if you, you want to yeah. discuss perception, you would have Can to pick a perceptual. Yes. Oh, would things? you like to talk about visual perception? Okay. So so do you do you believe that the world around you that there is causal sequencing resulting in a phenomenon with your eyes and your retina and then your brain? See, a lot of that doesn't actually makes sense when you look at sensory perception, particularly visual perception, like the words causal sequencing, when you look at how visual processing operates, doesn't make yeah. a great deal you're of sense. Not, so you're I can, not addressing my question. You're being I, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting crazy. to because you wanted to talk about yeah. perceptual cognition. And no, I, uh, so we, we can talk is, about visual perceptual cognition. Like to, I could like talk about know, that all day, like proximal I'm, I'm and distal sure you, stimuli. I'm sure you can. But what I could. I'd like to know is, what I'd like to know is, how is sense perception intelligible in your worldview? What is your worldview and how does it provide for the intelligibility of individual facts 
including sense perception or anything else? What is the nature of reality that provides for the meaningfulness and intelligibility of any individual facts? Oh, okay. So you're talking about proximal and distal stimuli potentially when it comes to visual perception. No, then, right? I'm talking about a metaphysical worldview. You reject and you deny the Christian worldview where God, <laughs> excuse me, I gotta get a thing of water. That's okay. Sure. Take your time. You reject and deny the Christian worldview as a framework upon which facts can be invoked. I want to know what the worldview is that you can invoke any facts at all. Oh, whether it be okay. dogs, cats, trees, or eyesight. Did you want to talk about? You want to talk about how I quantify visual perception? If it because we. Can I want to know what your worldview is. What is ultimate in your worldview that provides for any dependent or derivational states such as facts? See, a lot of those are, are fantastic, like in interesting words, but I, th I think they're intended to like kind of lead me towards something, but they ultimately don't, th th there's no specificity in them. Uh, perhaps they're- Do you have a worldview? Do I have a worldview? Oh, but I think everybody does ultimately. Okay. I'm not sure what that if, I'm not sure. If, what is my worldview? I don't think yeah, anybody can not, fully articulate a worldview, like to fully articulate how you perceive and enact your, your self, what like your perception of yourself in reality, to be able to articulate that in a concise and succinct format. Do you believe, do you is, believe in causality and laws of nature? Can you explain to me what you mean by causality and then i'll, I'll happily yeah, that, answer that, that 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 there's a cause and effect relationship in the chronology of events and among those chronology of events there are regularities and continuity so are you saying causality means that like cause and effect like if if i hold up this chapstick like, I, like i'm interacting right, it's, with it's, it it's really simple did you eat dinner tonight Yes. Why? Because I was hungry. Okay. Why, why, would, why would eating resolve your hunger? Because I've experienced hunger in the past and I've eaten and it resolved my hunger. Okay. So there's a cause and effect relationship with event then? There's a perception. There's a physiological perception. You, I have the physiological you, you, perception that I'm hungry and I have the okay. experience of being hungry. And in the past, when I've had that experience, I seek out food and it satiates that hunger. So okay. when so, I'm satiated, so I see eating. Are you telling me that eating. you do believe in cause and effect? I'm telling you that in this particular instance, in the example that you've used, the way I would justify eating would be that I've had previous experiences. Do you believe where, in cause and effect? Do I believe in cause and effect? Yes. I believe that we have perceptions and that I, 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 there I are that. like I, I keep on invoking perception. I think you're being entirely being evasive. And no, well, let's, let's, let's okay. just let's just one sec, just to be sure that we get like the full explanation from Shannon for what she's like her perspective in particular. Let's just uh, let it go to the point where she's like, you know, has a period on the on the statement. <laughs> This is what's intriguing to me. So I was very, very excited to come in here and have a conversation, but I don't actually feel as though that's your ultimate motivation. When we initially started talking, I, you mentioned 
your perspective. And I brought up the soul because I was legitimately interested in having a dialogue about it. And I feel as though, even though there's questions ultimately that I had previously that weren't answered in regard to that topic, it was ultimately shifted. And I, and this could be wrong, but this is my perspective of the conversation and how I'm feeling about how it's going, is that you have been attempting to elicit a specific response set from me in order to, to lead me in a certain direction that allows you the opportunity to have a planned response set ready. So it's not really a conversation. It's you continuously either interrupting me or asking follow-up questions that could potentially lead me towards a designated answer that you're ready for so that you have another available response set that leads you to your ultimate conclusion of this conversation, which was potentially predetermined before we went in. Did you have a predetermined conclusion before we went in of how you wanted this conversation to go? Or were you legitimately interested in having a dialogue with me about the things that I think? I'm interested in having a dialogue on the show. I was invited on here to discuss Christianity versus atheism. Were you given that information? I was asked if I wanted to come on and have a conversation with you. And I believe that having a dialogue, Christianity versus, versus atheism, the thing that I brought up initially, which is what sparked the conversation, which is what I was hoping that we would have a dialogue about is, you know, my perspectives about why I'm an atheist versus why, you know, you're a Christian and my okay. questions why are, about this. Why are you an atheist? You're doing it again. This is fascinating. I, I feel as though you're- Yeah, don't listen, Shannon, Shannon, I consider that entirely rude and passive aggressive, okay? And I consider that cheap. And now okay, you're putting me on the me, defensive. Don't, don't give me this psychobabble psychoanalysis, okay? I asked you a question, right? Why okay. are you an atheist? And then you're turning it into a little verbal game. Because I have, difficult recon I have difficulty reconciling no, you're the soul. Playing, you're playing a little game. You're playing a little game and I don't appreciate it. And I, I consider it passive aggressive. I ask you okay. why you're an atheist. Can because you I have difficulty that? reconciling the soul. How does, how does it follow? that you have unanswered questions and difficulties that there is no God. Because I have difficulty reconciling the soul. Repeating the same answer doesn't answer my question. But that, that is the answer to your question though. How did okay. I, I am an, one of the How, reasons I you, am an atheist. Can you repeat back to me my question I asked you? Why are you an atheist? I said, how does it follow that you have unanswered questions or difficulties about the soul and the brain that there is no God? Because you want to get me back to, that's interesting. Okay. Because you, you want to get me on a path. This is what here I was just saying. Again. We're doing it. Yeah, again. no, here we go again is absolutely this, right. It's fascinating. You don't want to have a dialogue with yeah, me about yeah, the, my actual objections and concerns. What you yeah, want to do is get me again. on a path. Listen, Shannon, I asked you a question. That's a manipulation tactic. Oh, you're talking about One interrupting second. now with a big smile on your face and you're I am. Let's, I consider uh, that rude. Why don't we just take us a, a quick timeout? Just to just to mention so uh in the event that if Shannon's trying to make a case that the soul in some way, there's some sort of incoherence on the Christian worldview with a soul, like maybe if that's kind of where she's going, like that seems like it's kind of like fair game. Like, it, you know, it doesn't seem like it's too outside of the ballpark. Uh, at the same time, like I can see how 
Duncan, I know where you're going, and, and yours is within the ballpark as well. So I think that, I mean, I might be wrong about this, I, but I think you guys are both within the ballpark of like the, you know, so if we get back to that, that might be most substantive. Uh, yeah, I'd like my question to be answered. How does it follow that because you have problems with the concept of the soul, that it follows from that, that there is no God? You are an atheist, right? Yes. Good. How is it? How does that follow that there is no God? Because if the, you, you've referenced the Bible prior, right? The scriptures. I'd like to know from your point of view, since you are an atheist, how is it that there is no God? Because if there is a God, there should be a soul. Because that's a concept from the scriptures. And I don't believe how, it's plausible. How, how, does it, how does it follow that if there is an ultimate ultimacy of reality that possesses personality, and we call that God, that there would be any state of affairs from your point of view? If I assume that that God is the foundation for logic and that the scriptures are true. I didn't mention the scriptures. I asked you, how does it follow that if there's a God, you would necessarily understand the nature of a soul? Maybe. Why maybe wouldn't you talk about the scriptures if it's the Christian God? I, I, oh, I am. But right now I'm inquiring about your atheism and its intelligibility. Okay. Now, what I want to know from you is your position is that there is no God. So basically you're telling me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that there is no God because you don't understand how a soul might interact with a, with a body. Now, here's the question. How is it that there is no God? How is it that there is no God? Because one of the tenets of the God that I'm speaking about that was dictated by him was that we would have a soul. And if one of the tenets that was dictated by God is that we have a soul, the soul should be a coherent concept and I find it difficult to make it coherent. Um. What you're addressing is a difficulty with the Christian God vis-a-vis -vis the soul. That yes. is not that would not entail atheism. Atheism is the denial. But it would discount Christianity. Are you discounting that, Christianity? That, Are you well, saying right, that, that, right, that did right I just now. disprove Christianity? <laughs> no, no, you didn't do anything. Oh, okay. So you're not fighting for Christianity, you're, then you're fighting you for a deistic what perspective. What you've done is you've you've answered a question I didn't ask. Now, atheism is not the disbelief in some gods. Mm -hmm. Atheism is not the disbelief in the Christian God. Atheism is the disbelief and denial of all gods. So since you are a self-proclaimed atheist, I want to know how it is there is no ultimate creator God. Oh, there could, I, I, you could potentially slide me into a deistic perspective, but I wouldn't worship that God because whatever. Like if, 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 a, if there was some sort of deism or pantheism, then like you could propose that to me and it would potentially make sense. And I would say, so are no, you abandoning sure, your atheism right now? Have you now converted to a deist? No, I, I'm probably like, if, if we're looking philosophically, I'm probably more of a temporal sort of agnostic. 
than I am an atheist? Well, agnosticism is indirect atheism. Okay. Sure. Okay. Fine. Okay. I'm, so like, I'm, sus I'm suspending call, judgment on the proposition. You're not. And, you're not suspending judgment on it. I'll, I'll explain to you why. Oh, I'm going to ask okay. you a simple question. Sure. Do you affirm and assert that God, a personal absolute creator, is the necessary precondition of all facts? Do well, you, you just said a that? personal absolute creator, though. That wouldn't be a deistic perspective. And that's kind of like okay. smuggled okay. in there a little bit, I think. Okay, Shannon, you're evading the question. No, Do you said you personal, assert... but we were talking about deism and you're yeah, attempting Shannon... to refute agnosticism. Okay. The personal one, yeah, I refute that. Where... Personal for sure. Okay. So you do not assert that God is the necessary prerequisite for all facts. God in general? No, I whatever. No, no. You don't assert that. Okay, good. Then then facts are viable and intelligible without the necessity of God. That's your position. Sure, with or without, whatever. Okay, mm -hmm. that's an outright denial of the existence of God. I so said with or without. That, that's not an outright denial. That's a suspension. No, no. Let me explain to you why that's incorrect. That's a common mistake. Right. Oh, okay. You can people say, oh, well, I'm not saying I don't know. I asked you a very specific question. I said, do you assert and affirm that God is the necessary prerequisite for all facts? And you said no. Is that correct? No. Do you assert and affirm that God is the necessary prerequisite for all facts? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. How do you know that? Okay. He revealed it. Now, do you assert that God is the necessary prerequisite for all facts? Oh, my gosh. Do I assert that God is, uh, no, I don't, but you do because he okay. revealed it to you. Right. No, okay. So no, I'm going to, just let, this is going to be fun. Let's, I'm going to assume I'd your like perspective. I'd like okay. to finish. You want to finish where you're leading me you're to. Being, this is it, a manipulation tactic. Which, which, no, it's not manipulate. You can stop. No, it really is. Babble, you know, you're what you're, you're doing leading right me towards like, your desired okay. outcome in the conversation. Rude. One second. You don't want to have a conversation. This is an interrogation that is leading me towards yeah, your desired I'm not outcome. Interrogating you. I asked you a legitimate question about your atheism. And no, that's what it is. You're leading me towards your proposed desired outcome and refusing to answer questions that are posited to you. You, um, you so have sorry, a directive. I, I, I hate muting you, but please forgive me. Don't make me mute you, please. Uh, just a okay. So if we backtrack just a step to be be sure where we are, um, I love your guys's passion. And so just to be sure that, like, in terms of where we are, maybe what we could also do too, because I know that there were two kind of arguments or kind of questions, uh, cases that were being made, in the sense that one was kind of with Shannon kind of making a case that there might be an incoherence with the mind on Christianity and also with Duncan's case and where he was headed. And so maybe if we take turns, is it okay if we do take turns where if Shannon wants to ask a question now? Uh, That's fine. I've been above board trying in good faith to answer her questions and she's constantly evading and over talking me when I'm trying to get to a point. And then she wants to psychoanalyze me as, as though I, uh, you know, well, as, as though I need psychotherapy. It's we, a sleazy tactic we, with, with a smile on her on face. We just um, <laughs> because it's because it's it's I, interesting. No, you're I, being sleazy. Listen, no, okay. right, you're being on, a bit you of a manipulator. Relax. You got to relax. No, hold on a second. And I okay, find it difficult to respect that. So sorry, that. you guys. Well, hold on. Uh, if you can just give me a sec, if we can just without commentary on how it's been going so far. I think we can keep going for just a bit longer before Q&A if we want to do that. Okay. By just I'd like kinda... an answer to my question. 
All right, and she's 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 filibustering and evading it. And I, I would like an answer to my question so, about okay. this. I, I did. I did. Okay, what we'll do is you didn't though. Debate. You I evaded the question because you wanted to get and back on your. Go, here we go again. Trail. I think that the yeah, last being, one. I think. Hold on a second. I think that the last one was asked by Duncan, if I'm not mistaken, and I might be. So let me know if I am. And then I, I think Shannon had answered that one. I think Duncan, you were asking another. Is it okay if we have Shannon ask one of her questions and then we'll come back that's, to that's, the one that you were on? That's fine. Okay, thanks my so much. My question to her, my question to her, right? We, well, this is the, I think it, that. It, the question, the question, the last question I was asking her, when I asked her, how is it that, that there is there is no God? I'm still waiting for an answer to that. She said, because she doesn't have an answer about how the soul would interface with, with the body, that it doesn't follow from that, that there is no ultimate creator god and i'd like to know from shannon how is it that there is no creator god her position entails the falsity of all god concepts so how is it that god is false shannon i explicitly stated that you could potentially get me to a deistic position but that it wouldn't necessarily matter and that i wouldn't worship that god so you're no longer an atheist no, I, I feel as though I'm legitimately from a philosophical perspective, more of a temporal agnostic, where uh, like I, I don't refute the existence of any potential God. I more so don't believe in any proposed God that has been presented to me. I've already explained to you why that's incorrect. That's the second time you've repeated what the we're same going response. To do. What we're going to do. But then you've repeated the same question. If you already explained I, to me why it's incorrect, why I, did you repeat the I question? Because, get, you're, because you're being evasive. Of, I do that's want to why. get one of Shannon's questions in now regarding an honest the, answer. the spirit or the soul on the Christian worldview possibly being incoherent. So if we can, we can jump back to that one, and then I promise we'll come right back to your question, Darth. I'm hoping this will diffuse it a little bit so we can keep... You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not certain well, that it necessarily will. very uncomfortable about answering Hold on, I know, but... I'm not uncomfortable so Shannon, at all. I answered Shannon, it honestly. Uh, yeah, Shannon, yeah. Now, now is a good chance. But I'm not fulfilling the... I'm not, I'm not fulfilling the necessary responses in order to lead in a specific direction. And I think that that might necessarily... Might be what is, is ultimately frustrating to you, which is why you threw it back on me, potentially, by saying that I am dishonest. One of the reasons that I'm no, smiling is honest. because, and you're interrupting. Oh, okay. So evasive. You said some other things about me earlier. I can't remember them verbatim, so I won't assert them. But you cast dispersions on my intentions. And one of the reasons I think that you may have done that, and this is from my perspective, so that you can know how I'm feeling in this conversation as I'm interacting with you, which is an important part of dialectical approaches, is that you're attempting to lead me down a specific path. And the reason is because you have a sort of set of scripted responses. And if one of those responses that I give doesn't hit, instead of exploring what that means to me, what you intend to do is ask another series of questions that leads to, until you ultimately get a, a, a response set that allows you to progress along to your ultimate outcome. And uh, that is a little bit frustrating and potentially a manipulation tactic that is, is something that while well, you're calling me evasive, I've actually answered your questions honestly in, in so much as I understand them as coherent 
to me. Okay, and when so, I asked for so, clarification, you've called me evasive, but that yeah, was actually just me asking for clarification so that I can okay, ensure that I'm answering so, them honestly. So now, so, we're, so now we're clear how you feel. So are, do you now affirm there is a God? No, I don't affirm that there is a God. Okay. Then, then your position entails the falsity of God. Oh my goodness. Are you afraid to defend your atheism? I mean, no. I see regularly on YouTube, you know, uh, proclaiming you're an atheist. So I am. are you still are you still an atheist? Yes, I would say colloquially, yes, but philosophically, I'm more of a temporal agnostic. Okay, well, I, I explained to you uh, that that's incorrect. Okay, because you do not affirm and assert that God is the necessary prerequisite for facts. That non-assertion is an indirect denial. Are you aware of that? Fascinating phrasing. Are you aware of that affirms that what you just stated is ultimately correct? And that in my response, are you, when you are use... you aware of it? <laughs> wow, you your dialectic you approach is ultimate is really, really fascinating. Like your choices, like when you say, are you aware of that? You're affirming what yeah. I just said is accurate. Are you aware that I was at... No, because it wasn't really a question. It was, it was yeah. a veiled assertion. Okay. Which you is really, really fast. Okay, so can you, you uh, can you ask like, me the same okay, question without are you aware of that at the Shannon, end? Shannon, as an actual you can question. Stop with the shtick. Shannon, you can stop with the You think I shtick. have a shtick? That's amazing. Okay, well, <laughs> okay you guys have said natural. Hold on one second. You guys have hold on, one second. All right, all right. You want to do the psychoanalysis. One second, one second, one second. That's so cool. You think I all you want, like a schoolgirl. But you're being I am. I'm just like a schoolgirl, just like a silly, silly schoolgirl. Okay. I don't know why also, you're bothering with me. We, well, listen, God is a worldview, okay, where it's the mm. creator creation distinction. If you do not affirm it, then you deny it. There's no escaping this, okay? Either okay. you affirm that the ultimacy of reality is a personal creator, or you are deriving intelligibility without that. You keep There's smuggling no in personal. You keep smuggling yeah. and personal. That's an interesting yeah. word choice too. Do, does anybody yeah. ever di dissect your word choices? Like they're very calculated. It's actually really, really interesting because you keep smuggling in personal and you also say things at the end of your, like when you're talking to people, you say, do you understand that? Or you don't understand that. And those are very explicit in choices and dialectic approaches do you, so that you, do you can you make sure- that your position entails the falsity of God? Do does I- does your position no. entail the falsity of God? Does my position? No, because I'm open to yes, it does. counter. That's so funny. You're, you're telling me what my position is now, but you're also That's, telling I me did. you're not a manipulator. One second. And that you don't have a script I'm, or a shit. I'm trying to have a conversation. I'm trying to do, do this. conversation with no, you. No, you're writing right, a script. This is amazing. Forgive me. I got to interrupt yeah. you guys. Just forgive me. I think that we had there. Uh, Duncan had asked the question, do you think that entails like positive atheism as some have called it or the negation of God's existence? Oh, I already and, said I'm essentially philosophically a temporal agnostic. I've said okay. that a couple of times. Okay. I'm open well, to, on, I'm open second. to. Hold on, one second. Obviously and then, so I think that, hold on a second, is that I think then Duncan asked, or I think Duncan said like, no, it does entail the negation of theism. But and he didn't explain, explain it. That. He's just okay. telling well, me I'm well, wrong. All right. What we'll do is it will give Duncan a chance to try to explain that. And then we don't have too much time before we go to the Q and A because I want to say th thanks again to both of our speakers yeah. for being willing to go late with us tonight. It is very yeah. late. 
And oh, it, you know, it would have been more pr productive if we didn't have the psychoanalysis shtick and performance. We've got no. Our... It's not even psychoanalysis. It's dialectic approach analysis. This is yeah, really yeah, a fascinating concept. Yeah, yeah. We're no, it's like, it really is fascinating. Okay, let's see. What, um, what we can do is go yeah, ahead. Being and... rude with a smile on your face doesn't cut it, Shannon. What we'll do well, is... I can't see what your face looks like, so there's that. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not being rude. You are. <laughs> no, you are. You're being manipulative, which is by defect is de facto. Right. More psychobabble. More psychobabble. Okay. What we'll do is if Darth asking or you questions about Duncan. your position. Duncan. No, you can say whatever you like about me. You're attempting to manipulate me in a conversation. The, the so your assertions right. regarding I, my I, intentions oh, actually oh, are oh, sorry, no guys. consequence to I me. I hate to do this. Forgive me. I muted both of you. Sorry about that. Um, just for a second, if we, so now would be a good chance, Duncan, if you want to ask the question regarding, if you want to explain how Shannon's position actually leads to a negation of theism, this is a perfect chance because otherwise we'll, I understand your concern about the way the uh, discussion is going or has gone, uh, fair, fair enough. Well, but, that's what I've been attempting to do. Okay. We'll give you a shot right but now. She huh? just wants, she wants to do her psychoanalysis. So, okay. Well, hold on. All right. Ready okay, God, God, God is a worldview. It entails the creator-creation distinction, sometimes referred as the creator-creature distinction. You will be either operating from that foundation, or you will deny it as a worldview. Okay, whatever worldview and its ultimacy and its dependent states that you do not accept, then you deny it in virtue of the law of excluded middle. If you do not affirm that God is the necessary precondition of all facts, which is a worldview, then you are operating from another worldview where the necessary precondition of facts is not God. There's no third alternative. You cannot be indifferent or claim ignorance. That's why I asked you the question, do you assert that God is the necessary precondition of all facts? And you said no. So that means that your position entails that facts can be viable and intelligible without necessitating referencing God as the precondition. That position entails the falsity of God, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, your position entails the falsity of God. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you accept what I said? I don't accept what you said i heard what you said good give me a rebuttal all right what we're uh, gonna do is we'll give shannon a rebuttal and then we will probably go into the q a and we've survived it unscathed uh so this is fun ahead, this is fun i like this um <clears throat> i feel as though even if I accepted everything that you said, it still wouldn't have a foundation because the only foundation I have to go on is that it was revealed to you in a manner in which that it has to be true. And that's essentially just you saying it was revealed to you in a manner in which it was true, which is subject to your own individual perceptions and perceptions are fallible, including your own, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. So why should I trust your perceptions? I didn't hear a rebuttal. You want to try again? Oh my goodness. But you, <laughs> I'm rude. <laughs> What we, what we this is, is so that, much fun. Let's what, do this every day. Rude. What we want to do is, we, uh, you guys, like I, I said, you this is fascinating. Said is a, we are going to I go into the Q&A. I asked you for a rebuttal, and you did not give me a rebuttal. We're going to go into the Q&A. Oh, wow. Thanks for okay. everybody's questions, and also thanks for the speakers. We, I just appreciate them for being here. They're getting in the hot seat, and so we appreciate them. 
and especially them staying up so late for this debate. So yeah, it is late. Next up, so we'll try to fly through as many of these questions as we can. We appreciate all of your questions. Brian Stevens, thanks for yours. He said, what reason does Darth give for an unconditional, non-dependent entity being a me metaphysical necessity? What reason do I give? Well, the only reason that could be given is that that ultimacy, that metaphysical absolute, would have to be personal, rational, and reveal itself and including having other properties and attributes such as the Christian God, being omniscient, omnipotent, and always truth revealing. Without that basic property set along with others, there would be no way of knowing, uh, attaining, or even accounting for anything would be ultimate. And one would simply be left in a position that contingency is ultimate. And therefore you wouldn't be able to have intelligibility for any facts whatsoever if contingency is ultimate rather than identifying and accounting for that which is ultimate that provides for contingency. Thank you very much. Next up, try to cruise through these. Au Flamio, thanks for your super chat. They said, DD, when will you do a Bible study with Kent Hovind? A Bible study. Um, I'm not I'm not friends with Kent Hovind. Gotcha. I know of him, but I'm not friends with him. Gotcha. Thanks so much. Steven Steen, thanks for your sick super chat. He says, James is looking hot from B. Arthur. That's, uh, thanks for that. That guy. That. Nasty guy. Look out for him, folks. Um, Nasty. I'm sorry, Wilson. Thanks for your super chat. He said, how much for James to moderate shirtless? Oh, come on. What is with you Don't guys? No. Um, man, I will never. All of you. <laughs> Sickos. All right. Thanks for your uh, super chat. I'm, let's see. I'm sorry, Wilson. Uh, thanks for that. And then Duke Bonanza, thanks for your super chat. They said, I love Duke. Hi, Duke. They said, is the soul created at conception or does it pre-exist the body? If it's the former, what's the link to physical procreation? I think that's um, that, that question's not answered in scripture. We'll have, well, you'll have to repent and become a Christian, um, turn to Jesus Christ, and when you get to heaven, God will be able to answer that question. That's funny. Gotcha. Thanks very much. Next up, appreciate your super chat, Lukewarm Lettuce. They said, DA's description of the soul has me picturing scenes from Alien at the moment. Yeah, it's weird, right? Gotcha. Sigifredo Sarabia, thanks for your super chat as well. They said, at two psychologist students here, is there not belief in consciousness or mind that can't be measured by science, but, but is real? If you can't measure it yet, I believe in, I believes in it in psychology, he's soul exempt. Shannon, I don't understand. You. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what that says. Like the, the mind body problem, like the hard problem of consciousness oh. is like, is that what they're talking about? They said, if you can't measure it yet, one believes in it. Why is a soul exempt? Okay. So I, I screwed it up the first time. Sorry about that. So James, said, get it together. <laughs> it said, is there not belief in consciousness or mind that can't be measured by science, but is quote real. If you can't measure it yet, one believes in it. If you can't measure it yet, one believes in it. Why is the soul exempt? Why is the soul exempt? I'm still not certain I understand the question. So why is there not belief in it? 
Uh, oh, are they saying if oh, consciousness is something that exists, like the, it, he, they are talking about like the hard problem, like consciousness exists. And like, we could talk about this for hours. I love the hard problem. It's like, why does a, a like a confluence of atoms like in, in instantiate consciousness, but yet an individual atom isn't conscious and like a, a an, an aggregate of chemicals it has an emergent property of consciousness, but just the chemicals individually. Like if you take one, if you take one serotonin like molecule out of the brain, that it's not going to have consciousness. But if you have all of them there, they have an interaction that elicits consciousness, like the, the hard problem. So if consciousness gets an exemption for existing, why does the soul not get an exemption as existing and I think the answer to that might be to me that the two are essentially conflated together. So you, most people, if you believe in a soul, see the soul as consciousness. So it wouldn't get an exemption because they're seen as one and the same. And if you don't see a soul as existing, you just see it as consciousness. So it's not that it gets an exemption. It's that you you would have to divorce the soul from consciousness and which 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 is my problem like if the soul is divorced from consciousness then what is it how does it interact with us is it us and if it's not us if we change but it doesn't then it isn't us and what does it matter what we do and where is that line those are the the so i think that might be the question maybe and if i didn't do it justice i'm sorry i think you definitely got it so i think they basically maybe i should write in on the youtube chat maybe i would get my questions answered then oh very sassy okay (laughs) if they were about the soul that i brought up then sure (laughs) what if they were about the script you wanted me on all right one second the topic of the show was atheism and christianity we will go That's broad as hell. Hold on a second. I guess you didn't get the memo, did you? I didn't. I I only got notifications three hours ago. I was even going to be here. We've got a question for Darth. Uh, or for Duncan, Sidrophedos Rabia, thanks for your super chat. They said, Duncan, uh, the Bible states God created man and gave breath to man to become a living soul in Genesis 2-7. How can man be a quote-unquote living soul versus your view in which man has a soul? Um, well, that's just the descriptors that God gave to it in, in, in uh, Genesis. There's no conflict with those two ideas. Gotcha. Thanks for your answer and that question. Next up, Oflamio, thanks for your question and super chat. They said, Shannon, what's the difference between a mind and a soul? I think I kind of answered that in the last one is that I, I think that the two get conflated. And ultimately, like, if you don't believe in a soul, you just see consciousness as the same thing. And many other people label consciousness as the soul and if you're not labeling them the same then that's where the interesting questions come in like that's that's where I have problems so I really don't know what the difference is and no one's had good answers for me that helps me to reconcile uh what it what the answer might be your worldview has no answers for anything gosh yes you're right I'm my worldview is incoherent and that's why well what is your worldview Shannon Oh, that 
I'd like cheesecake. I don't know. What Next is it? Like, what is it? <laughs> how, does, how, does, how does your you worldview just try to get through as many questions for the intelligibility of facts? Trying to you have an answer as, to that question, Shannon? Through as many questions as we can. Speed of sound. No, thanks for yeah. your super chat. They yeah. said, question for Darth. Uh, when did he quit beating? And this is, I think they're trying to get at the idea that a question can be like a complex question where it has information embedded in it that the recipient would not grant. So they uh, say, question for Darth, when did he quit beating his wife? And so I think that they're trying to argue or suggest, Darth, that you had used questions like complex questions that had information embedded in them that the recipient would not grant. Well, I didn't I didn't hear any objections from, from Shannon. All I heard was double talk, psychoanalysis, psychobabble, and filibustering. So she didn't object that there were some unstated premises or implicit premises that were otherwise objectionable. All I got was nonstop laughing, giggling, smiling, and evasiveness. Darth wins, I lose because I didn't follow I didn't follow the script. So I automatically no, the lose. Issue, the issue is if not I don't follow the, the script, script, I lose. If I do follow no, the script, I asked you a legitimate question about your And I answered all of them. Carrying on, as well as fast as they could be understood when they were coherent. Talking me, carrying on giggling and laughing like a schoolgirl does not make you look good. Okay? I don't look good. Your, that's fine. Your performance here tonight was a train wreck. Let's go to the next right. question. You win. Joseph Palmer, thanks for your super chat. Uh, James, this is one of your best. It's definitely one of the debaters' best. We give all credit to the debaters whenever you enjoy the show. So thanks to the debaters. They're the lifeblood of the channel. And glad you enjoyed it, Joseph. Next, Maynard Saves, thanks for your super chat as well. They said, how, did, uh, how do you know your faculties were working properly before your revelation? Or I think they're they're maybe asking like how did you know question. how did you know that your faculties were working before you let's say started to read the scripture or okay I brought that up in the rebuttal <laughs> that wasn't a rebuttal <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah Shannon your whole performance was a train wreck tonight right. you should no, be truly embarrassed you should tell that. me more about why gotta, I suck we've got to stick yeah. not yeah. manipulative you're, or abusive you're, at all you're 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 got to no, stick, let's, let's, stick let's, to you this. can try your psycho babble I would rather be fascinated than frustrated let's, let's and yeah, I would rather be intrigued than angry you're not at mental manipulation in your little games you're playing now the answer to the question repeat repeat the question gotcha so the question was from Maynard says, they said, how do you, how did you know that your faculties, your cognitive oh, faculties? Okay, right. Gotcha. The answer to the question is that God's revelation is broader than people simply conceive of. They're focusing on special revelation. God's revelation entails his revelatory actions. That means that's how he has constructed the entire world to operate and how he's constructed man to live and breathe, think and talk, including man's foundational mental states and our basic reliability of sense perception okay so, so god's God, revelation on, god's revelation yeah when i want you to answer for me i'll, well, I'll let you know on, that's all right darth if we could stick to the i had, i got it well she has a habit of of cutting me off um so the reason how i can know anything at all are through god's revelatory actions in creation including my foundational mental states gotcha thanks so much next up Appreciate that's your... so crazy though, gotcha. because that's saying the reason that I can know that God's revelatory states 
are true is because I'm capable of knowing his revelatory states are true. All of that appeals back to your perception, which is fallible, which was my point. So you're essentially saying my perceptions are infallible because I know they're infallible because God told me they're infallible. That's not what and the I reason said, I know that is totally because- botched it. You've totally I did. You're right. I suck. Said. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm so okay. bad. So at if, you, if you're if you're going to talk about fallibility, then how can you trust that you have uh, correctly processed through your perception? So you've just screwed yourself. Oh, you can't. Your perception's garbage. Okay. Like we wanted to. Okay, I wanted good. to talk then, about visual then, perception. Then, it's then, crap. Then there's no way. Then how do you? Then how do you know you have a correct assessment of anything that I've said? You really do, like? I don't like. I'm not even certain that your I have an auditory perception that. You no, but it's just about perception. Like if you look at you visual realize, perception, you, everything you, know you see is upside you know down, what? backwards, and full of holes, and your you know brain you puts don't know it how together. to have a conversation with somebody. You are you're a smiling. We're going to jump mouth. into the questions. Oh so, I just don't like a mental manipulators. It's I'm not a really guy. Joseph, I have, I have right, Joseph, limited oh, tolerance. Okay, you guys, for mental manipulators. Hold on a second. Okay, the question was: Joseph Palmer, thanks for your question. They said because Shannon can float over his silliness. You can respond to that if you'd like, Duncan. She don't have to. Well, she's been in, she's been entirely. No, I meant the super chat. <laughs> not oh, not oh, okay. the, no. to to the okay. super. I don't know if you read the message. I just read, I just read the question. No, I'm not looking at it right now. I I read it. I yeah, so you the, were. They had said, all right, I'll go to the next one. Thanks for that, Joseph Mothra J Disco. Thanks for your super chat. They said Shannon Q is peak. Miss me with that BS and love it. I don't understand that, but sounds like a fan. I don't know. Sarah Sarabia, thanks for your super chat. They said, Duncan, what evidence can you provide others are wrong in their God? Why is a blue Krishna on earth myth versus Jesus identifying God as God? Mm, identifying God as, mm, why? why is it? That Krishna is false, but Jesus, um, Jesus is real. Well, well, first, well, first of all, um, Krishna is only a manifestation of a Brahman. Uh, in in Hinduism, all is God, one is all, all is one. Hinduism is incoherent because the ultimacy of reality is in its oneness. Therefore, any distinctions are an illusion. Therefore, you can't make any distinctions in Hinduism. Excuse me. How do I how do I know all these other religions are wrong? Because human intelligibility is going to require an an ultimate framework. The, the ultimacy of reality is going to have to uh, possess the property set that only belongs and is instantiated in the Christian God, including His omniscience, His omnipotence, His always truth revealing, and His uh, plan of uh, history and His salvific plan, including His triune nature. Deny one or more of the triune God's essential properties, and you will not have ontological grounds for human intelligibility. Gotcha. Next up, thanks for your super chat from Mothra J. Disco says, trans rights are human rights. We appreciate <laughs> yeah, you being are. here, Mothra. And if you are trans, we're glad you're here. We hope you feel welcome. Florida man, uh, this isn't psychobabble, not even close, dude. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think it's psychobabble on full display. Gotcha. Next up. She couldn't answer the question, so she has to go to psychoanalysis. Next up. I didn't will... answer the questions, but I, you can do, I can do both. You were, you were almost entirely. Psychoanalysis sucks, but like, I'm not a Freudian. Like I'm, I'm, 
I'm not a big fan of Freudian I analytics. Say that loosely, not so, like when you say psychoanalytics, are you you're under you understand that the perspective of psychoanalytics is a specifically Freudian perspective, and I I was using it loosely and perceptual and you, cognition and you know specifically. Well, no, when you use it, but there is really no. Okay, it, it's okay. Sorry, doesn't matter. Psychoanalysis can be used formally or loosely, Shannon, and you know that. Well, psychoanalytics is up. a very specific. Okay, that's you fine. You guys have true friend chemistry michael w robel thanks for your super chat they said is duncan uh aware that shannon is a psychologist so it's not psychobabble it's actually psychological observations uh it makes no difference to me uh that she has a degree in psychology uh she was still employing a tactic of psychobabble in order to evade my simple and fair questions about her worldview i was, I was pointing completely at straight i'm talking Okay, yeah, I would appreciate that you not overtalk me for the umpteen time as a diversionary tactic. You're quite rude. Now, I was completely transparent throughout the conversation with her questions toward me about my worldview, how it relates vis-a-vis -vis to the soul on the body. When it came time for me asking questions about her worldview, she then immediately went into her little shtick of psychoanalysis and psychobabble, trying to evade my simple questions about her atheism. Then when I questioned her about her atheism, oh, I'm not an atheist anymore. I'm some kind of a deist. No, Got you next. That's not what I said. We... No, I want to. I want to respond to that. No, 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 no. I want to respond to that. Actually, I didn't say I'm not. I said colloquially, I'm an atheist, but you could easily get me to a deist position. I think, and ultimately, philosophically, I think I'm more of a temporal agnostic. And I, it's what you do is just really fascinating to me. And I did talk over you, and I apologize, but it, it's because I wanted to get this out because I feel as though what you do is ultimately lead somebody down a trail. And if they don't follow that trail, you accuse them of being deceptive or you accuse them of, you, you keep utilizing the word psychobabble instead of addressing what my legitimate concerns were because you can then dismiss them because you can say that I was being rude. These, if these the, are, the shoe fits, this is more psychobabble. Yeah, so th yeah. See, that's, that's yeah. the thing. Like you're, you can't you're... get away from your psychoanalysis. No, you, you can't get away from the questions. fact that you ultimately why, have a script that you, you want to follow. And go, I yada, wouldn't yada, adhere yada. to the it's practice of, of following that you. script. So because you couldn't lead me in that. Talking with you. Next up, I've got you both on mute. Sorry about that. But I just, you guys are so excited to talk with each other. I had to for a second. Maynard says, thanks for your super chat. They said, uh, Duncan, how do you prove you aren't a brain in a vat prior to your revelation? So Maynard says, did you? Is my mic open? Yes, now it is. Okay. How do I prove anything? Well, we prove uh, we have we have to start with the 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 uh, triune God and His self disclosure. If we do not start from that worldview, God and His self disclosure of Himself in natural and special revelation, then we cannot have intelligibility, let alone rationality, cognition, or proof for anything. So one is going to have to choose. One is either going to have to choose and humble themselves. Uh, under God's self-disclosure, his natural revelation and special revelation, or one is going to have to choose the option of absurdity, okay? All other worldviews uh, boil down to absurdity because they cannot identify or account what is ult ultimate. And when they do attempt to identify what is ultimate, they will not have the property set of the Christian God. 
So the point is this, you're going to either have to choose and accept God's self-disclosure, that that's the framework of existence, or you're going to be left with absurdity by which proving things would be meaningless and unintelligible. Gotcha. Next up, really quick, Angry Roach, thanks for your super chat. They said to Shannon, G-Man needs another picture for his green screen. Stop it. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know what that means. Subtracted, thanks for your super chat. They said, hey, Duncan, if God exists outside of reality, that means he's independent from reality. How does God ground the nature of reality? That seems self-refuting. That's what they're saying. Yeah, read read the question again. Said, so I, I, I want to make sure I understand them. You bet. They said if God does, uh, if God exists outside of reality, that means He's independent of it. And if He is independent of it, then how does God ground the nature of reality? He says that's self-refuting. Uh, no, he doesn't understand. Um, I wish he was here, um, and I could ask him some clarifying questions. What does he mean by reality? Does he mean the the set of all entities that exist? Um, is reality is he using the word reality as an abstract object or a concrete object? I mean, he's just he, his question is really not that clear. Uh, God himself is independent of anything else that is not God, meaning that he, he does not derive from it. He does not depend upon it, but everything else depends upon God. Gotcha. That, that's a standard biblical definition of God's aseity. Gotcha. Next up, thanks so much for your super chat. John Rapp, they said, literal Bible, Adam from clay, but Eve from a rib. I'm not sure if I think there's asking if you believe in a literal Bible or if they're kind yeah, of Yeah, I hold to a literal account of Genesis. And if you don't hold to a literal account of Genesis, in my view, you will be denying the Christian worldview. If you deny the Christian worldview, you will have no worldview to actually attest and account for as a foundation for human intelligibility. Gotcha. Thanks so much. Next up, thanks for your super chat from Sickly Gibbo. They said, why would God have personality or emotions when they have no use in the absence of others? Was God predetermined? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think they're saying like, why have emotions if there's no others that exist? They said, was God predetermined to create life to give the aspects use? Um, I'll just... Uh... I'll answer no insofar as I understand the question, but God in the biblical God, the triune God is one God, one being, one essence, but God is multipersonal. His oneness and his manyness or his unity and diversity have equal ultimacy. So we have three persons within the Godhead who are co-equal and co-eternal. So the God of the Bible can be personal sans creation or logically prior to creation. Gotcha. Thanks for that. Next up, Maynard Saves, thanks for your super chat. They said, thank you, Shannon. They must have liked your oh, response to the last you're one. You're welcome. Gotcha. I don't know what I did, but you're welcome. <laughs> I think that was, do I remember right? That was, they sent the last super chat that you, about G-Man and your G, your uh, <laughs> green screen. Must be a drag fan too, because that's where, <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, G-Man. Gotcha. G-Man may be out there watching, you never know. Uh, we uh, G-Man. Next up, thanks for your super chat. Move of 10. Appreciate it. They said, DD, uh, partho... Gotta make sure I pronounce this right. Parthenogenetic 
offspring are always XX, but Jesus clearly identified as a man. How do you reconcile this with your opposition to trans people? How do I, I reconcile my opposition to trans people? Uh, it's, it's very simple. God only created two kinds of humans, male or female. That's it. <sighs> gotcha. Shannon sounds triggered. That's okay. Yeah. Don't be upset, Shannon, because in your worldview, you have no basis for science. I have a basis for compassion, and I have a compassion you know, is but a like, you know what? Trans people are worldview. legitimate and valid, and we're not. Where do, where does that ethical imperative derive from? Next Shannon? up, really quick. We before we get down a move on a, a before new, I lose my shit. A Go new ahead. road. Okay. Well, you we already have, have subtracted. Thanks for your question. Oh, no, I haven't. Uh, subtracted. We appreciate your super chat. He said, "Can you give a coherent definition of God?" I think that'd be for you, Dart. Um, a coherent definition of God. Well, uh, I'll I'll give a brief definition of God. It it can, it can never be exhaustive because only God can know Himself exhaustively. But God is an unembodied mind who is eternal without beginning, um, absolute, unconditionally non-dependent, and the creator and sustainer of all things that begin. In addition to that, he's omnipotent, omniscient, always truth-revealing, um, holy, righteous, just, and so on. I could go on and on, but that's the briefest definition. Uh, <clears throat> gotcha. Thanks for your super chat from Stupid Whore Energy, as she likes to call herself. She said, uh, Duncan, would you be open to formally debating Jack Angstreich? The, the answer is no. Jack is what I consider somebody who has mental and spiritual problems, who is an internet stalker. You better cut it out right. You better cut it out right now, or I'll pound you. <laughs> I hit the wrong button on the soundboard. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, next up. Thanks for your super chat. Um, I'm a big dumb animal. Okay, speed of sound. Thanks for your super chat. They said, Shannon, you are now the god I believe in. You nailed this guy tonight. You have a fan out there. And oh, high speed of sound. <laughs> That's, that's, I wasn't looking to nail anybody. I'm just legitimately, the smile was because like I enjoy fascinating nuances of dialectics. Like, I guess he likes train wrecks. Next. Well, okay, you guys are so sassy. <laughs> See, like that! Like, that's moderately abusive behavior. It's meant to embed in me like a, that that I should be questioning myself because maybe something went wrong abusive or I Abusive behavior because I categorized your whole debate demeanor as a train wreck? That's Next abusive? Up. Oh, no, there's more than that. We could spend oh, I need you, a little you're, bit you're more a time. Snowflake? One, I did miss one. Hold oh, on. see? Like Later that! Saves. Like, that's so fascinating. Like, it really is. Gotcha. Thank more you. The, here we go. More with the psychobabble. Yeah, right, psychobabble for days. Excuse me. I have a few more <laughs> questions. Day, if you don't mind. A few more questions. Maynard says, thanks for your super chat. They said, Darth, explain how the Trinity is coherent. Uh, the Trinity is coherent because God uh, reveals to us that he, his oneness and his manyness, his unity and diversity have equal ultimacy. If one does not accept God's self-disclosure of his Trinitarian nature, that his unity and diversity have equal ultimacy, if you reject that, then you're going to have to answer the question, what is the nature of reality or the universe? Is, is its ultimacy in its oneness or in its manyness? Is its ultimacy in its unity or diversity? 
And whichever one you choose, how do you derive intelligibility of that, uh, from that? You won't be able to. So the God's, God's unity and diversity um, are coherent. Um, we may not be able to comprehend it exhaustively because we could, we'd be God, but the non-acceptance of God's unity and diversity and being reflected in creation will, will result catastrophically in metaphysical incoherence about the universe. Gotcha. Next up, <clears throat> the end. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. It's been a pleasure. I was mentioning earlier when Duncan was on a break for just a second, I was mentioning that you notice maybe the mods are a little bit more aggressive, uh, but it can be aggressive in a good way. I, I hate how people sometimes think this is like a bad thing inherently. Uh, what I want to ask is, if you guys, what we're trying to do is we still want to keep this very laissez-faire attitude with the live chat in terms of only bringing the hammer down on hate speech. However, we do still want people to enjoy their time in the chat because you can call people things that aren't hate speech that will make them not enjoy their time in the chat. That makes sense, right? So if you can meet us both ways, uh, <clears throat> or if we can kind of meet halfway where if you can not be, 99% of you are awesome. You're always just pleasant and you're dialoguing and it's not abusive, but maybe like 1% once in a while. And it's kind of like it fluctuates. So like sometimes it's, you know, Bob is one of the 1%, the dreaded 1% who's abusive. And sometimes it's Sally and sometimes, you know, so if, if you guys want to just help us out by being friendly, like toward the speakers, especially because it's like, they're so, you know, they're giving their time, just they're just like hopping in the hot seat for us. And so, uh, but also other people in the chat, of course. So we, we appreciate it if you can be as welcoming as possible. We've got a lot of super chats that just came in in the last like eight seconds. So oh, thanks. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, we've got to let the speakers go. So uh, let's see. Uh, forgive me. I, I hope people saw that I said that we got, we got to close the Q&A intake. So uh, we want to let Shannon go, and then if any of these are for Darth, we can read them to him, but he may also have to go because it's super late for him. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Am I supposed to? I can stay for additional questions if you want. I do. I do I'm do. i really sorry. It's 20 to 1, and I've been up since 5 a.m. because I was coaching soccer this morning for, for the community. So I'm really sorry. Thank you for having a conversation with me. I know it was contentious. And I know you don't particularly like me very much after, but it was fascinating. So I appreciate it. And perhaps we can I, talk. I, I don't dislike you personally. I dislike your antics on the show here today. I think you were rude and invasive and, and sleazy. Interesting. Right. Again, that's yeah. interesting. I, I will leave you with me graciously thanking you for having this dialogue and appreciating object. that that may have been your perspective. I can object to Regardless somebody's behavior without disliking them personally. Fair enough. As can I. Everybody have a lovely evening. Be good to each other. Elevate the discourse. Thank you, James. Thank you Thank very you. much, Shannon. Duncan, have a good night. Have a nice night. Always a pleasure. Take care, Shannon. Thank you very much. Uh, we've got a couple of questions we'll... Uh, just because we do appreciate people sending in the super chats. It helps us do things like, as you guys probably have heard, we I've said it a trillion times, but we are stoked for these upcoming debates, such as 
Mike Jones from Inspiring Philosophy and Matt Dillahunty. They'll be crossing swords soon. And so your super chats help us do things like that because that'll be like in person. That's going to be, we actually rented from the Atheist Experience their studio. And they actually have been so kind and gracious to us and saying, they're like, hey, yeah, we'll help you out because we underestimated how hard it would be to find a venue. And so we'll have a couple, uh, several debates in Dallas, several down in Austin, Texas. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you will see those debaters in person, face to face. Hopefully, Team Skeptic doesn't punch Nathan Thompson during their flat earth debate. But really quick, these super chats, I'm going to read through them really fast. John Rapp, thanks for your super chat. Appreciate it. They said, has not mankind matured and learned enough to not need gods anymore? Are not our morals now superior to those claimed to have come from God? If you want to respond to that, you may, Duncan. You don't have to. Oh, yeah. That, that's simply a rejection of the existence of God as the ultimacy of reality and the ground of all dependent facts. So what this gentleman is left with, what he doesn't realize with, is that contingency is now ultimate. So rather than there be an ultimacy that is personal, that defines and prescribes contingency and possibility and impossibility, in his world, contingency is ultimate. Therefore, when he, if he so much talks about the sky is blue or the red apple on the counter, it's not going to have an ultimate framework to, to ground that. He thinks it does, but because he hasn't taken it to its logical extreme as to what grounds everything. So he's in a state of a metaphysical incoherence. He's simply not aware of it because he's not analyzing his own worldview. Gosh, yeah, thanks for, for that. Katie Jakes, thanks for your super chat. They said trans people are worth more than any gods, especially the uh, Jesus one with a, spelled with a G. If you want to respond, Duncan, you can. You don't have to. Yeah, uh, transvestitism or whatever they want to call it is just you know, one perversion among many amongst humanity that's uh, popular in Western civilization by the news media, academia, and the entertainment uh, culture. But ultimately, we're all going to have to stand before God. We're all going to have to stand before Jesus Christ and give an account of, of, of our behavior. And either we're going to be repentant and have faith in Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, or we will stand accountable for our sins. Uh, you know, whether it's transvestism, homosexuality, adultery, lying, cheating, whatever, all of us stand equally condemned before God and in need of repentance and salvation in Jesus Christ. Gotcha. Next, want to let you know, uh, stupid whore energy, thanks for your super chat. She said, uh, Duncan, how does God justify HOS beliefs? Uh, who, I think they're saying whose beliefs? I'm not understanding the question. I don't quite either. Stupid or energy, if you have a way to let me know, I'm just confused by that. Uh, thanks for that, though. You can just put it in a normal question and I will ask it. So um, let me know. What we are trying to do, though, as we've talked about the mods, is we're hoping that just with only hate speech will you be deleted um, you might, if it's like something like abusive toward one of the speakers, then it will be potentially deleted. Like, it's like, why? So for example, someone called Shannon the B word tonight in the live chat. And it's like, why would you do that? Like, um, it just doesn't seem very fruitful or like substantive in terms of like attacker ideas. Fine. Please do. But to call somebody a, the B word is just like, um, so the mods will be kind of like saying, like, we want to have a culture that's a little bit more like 
not abusive, but just that. And so we're probably going to ask you the first, the uh, protocol is we want somebody to just first ask you like, hey, can you help us out? We don't delete anything. We don't bring the hammer down unless it's hate speech. But can you not be as abusive, you know, toward the people that are here? Next, thanks for your super chat. John Rapp, they said, could I have ranch with that word salad, please? John is not impressed with you, Duncan. What are your thoughts? That's okay. If if they want clarification on what I'm saying, I've got to pack in in just a short number of words um, a lot of meaning. I mean, otherwise, uh, I could just give sound bites and they could nitpick on that. What I said is um, it's philosophically and theologically rich. Maybe he doesn't understand it. I'm not. I'm not intended to. Uh, I'm not intending to do a word salad or philosophy speak. Um, I think it accurately sums up my biblical and philosophical position. Gotcha. Um, people who are more are who are more familiar with uh, the transcendental argument for God um, won't have any trouble in the way that I stipulated. People who are unfamiliar with with some of these concepts may have a little difficulty comprehending it, but I'll be glad to explain explain anything you didn't understand. Gotcha. Stupid whore energy clarified. She said, uh, Duncan, how does God justify his own beliefs? Um, well, when it comes when it comes to God's beliefs, from a biblical point of view, God innately possesses the truth value of all propositions simply innately because he's he's God. God's knowledge is uh, whenever we speak of God's properties or attributes, including knowledge, we're speaking of God ana analogically. OK, we're taking uh, things that we know of in our own experience and to express uh, what God possesses. So from God's point of view, God's mind and or knowledge is what we would call theologically archetypal. They're the archetype of, of what all knowledge uh, can and should be. Our, our, our knowledge is derivative of God's mind, which would be theologically, we would say it's ectypal. Gotcha. Thanks so much. <clears throat> and with that, folks, I want to say thanks for being here. It's always a pleasure. We are going to wrap up and Let's see. So I am going to keep a close eye on the live chat. And let's see. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if there's anything racist, that's going to get just deleted from the live chat. So uh, even if it's like trying to just, if it's supposed to be funny or satire or something, it's like, eh, don't, why you got to make it, you know, don't make us like play with YouTube's rules where YouTube might be like, oh, it doesn't seem like a joke to us. And then we're in trouble. And it's like, Thanks for your nasty chat uh, that, you know, does that. So um, we appreciate the mods, all that they do, as we do, you know, ideally family-friendly. I think, like I said, we'll try to keep it as unregulated as possible. We want people to have freedom. But thanks, everybody, for your questions. We're, we're kind Thank of you, sorting James. this out. Thank you for being with us tonight, Duncan. It's been a pleasure, especially thanks so much for your flexibility tonight. No problem. Sorry about that glitch getting on. Glitch. I was a little late getting on. Oh, no, no, no. That's all right. No problem. Um, it's always a pleasure. So thanks for being here with us, folks. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. It's been a pleasure, folks. Let me find my Obi-Wan Kenobi button. Remember, the Force will be with you always. 
A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.